0: You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at
1: milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to a Friday edition of the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports, I'm your host Chad Jensen. With me live and in the flesh is none other than your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we are still just kind of soaking in the combine experience. We're going to mow through a VIP mailbag today.
0: Yeah, we're still kind of breaking down all the stuff we heard too. I mean, Elway and Fangio both, especially Elway, shined a lot and illuminated, to use your word, a lot about what the Broncos plans
1: are. So we're still kind of like coming down from that. Indeed, and we're going to get to a VIP edition of the Mailbag today, and we'll, maybe depending on how much time we have, we might include some of the, our Twitter listeners on this particular episode because there's just so much excitement and scrutiny on the Combine this year. But before we dive into that, you guys, a couple of quick matters of business. You know the drill. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. Really easy to do. You open up Twitter, you find at HuddleUpPod, you click the blue follow button, you're done. Also, make sure you take some time if you haven't done it. Leave a creative review on iTunes and rate the show. The last time I checked, we were in the mid-80s on reviews on iTunes. And Zach and I, our goal coming out of the combine is we want the podcast to have over 100 reviews. We want to get up into the triple digits because you guys have no idea how much that helps us grow and reach new listeners so that, for example, if a new Broncos fan who's never listened to a podcast doesn't even know what a podcast is and someone clues them in, hey, did you know you can listen to podcasts on iTunes? They go, oh, yeah, I'm going to check that out. And they get on iTunes and go, I wonder if there's a Broncos podcast and they start searching things because of what you do with your reviews and your ratings, that bolts us up so that we are found when people search for certain keywords that pertain to the type of content zach and i produce and nick and carl as well so might be denver broncos might be broncos might be mile high might be you know draft at nfl whatever it might be because you're making those ratings it's showing the listeners showing itunes that this is a legit podcast and it points us in their direction so that's one small simple thing you can do to help us grow the show so if you haven't done that Please help us out. Take care of that. Give us a five-star rating and review. All right. So, Zach, as as always, we pride ourselves on being the football priests for Broncos country because, you know, we every, every fan out there at times needs absolution. They need answers to their burning questions. And sometimes they need to exercise the demons. Now, as it relates to the NFL Combine, you and I are still kind of sifting through some of the implications i mean the first day was such a whirlwind that we're still just kind of getting up to speed on what it all means and there's probably things that we're missing today that will dawn on us tomorrow but you mentioned something right before we hit record on this pod something we learned about Isaac Yadam that was was news to us.
0: Yeah, he suffered a shoulder separation late in the season last year, and he played through it to his credit. He underwent shoulder surgery after the year. He shouldn't miss training camp. He maybe missed a couple OTA workouts. He should be good to go. But it's just another concern in that secondary for Denver when you have Chris Harris Jr. coming off an injury, Bradley Roby a free agent, Tremaine Brock a free agent. That secondary is really in peril right now.
1: Yeah, it's like we talked about on Thursday's show that John Elway, you know, he's like, look, we have a number one corner in Chris Harris, but we need a number two. So whether that's a slight at Isaac Yadam or whether that's just his way of kind of acknowledging without saying it that Yadam has a little bit of a recovery in front of him, either way, even if Yadam was completely healthy, we know that that's a, a position the Broncos absolutely have to upgrade if they want to be able to contend with Patrick Mahomes and Phillip Rivers.
0: You know, That's a great point because when Elway, when he was up today and Fangio was up, that news came out about a surgery after they came up. So now looking back at the answers, he may be trying to hide that injury or whatever. It's no secret, though. I mean, Elway essentially blurted it out there. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to go in frequency in the draft for a quarterback. They cannot rely on what they have because what they have is nothing right now.
1: I want to give some, uh, another shout-out to, to all our VIP subscribers. That's what today's podcast is always for, is to give you guys love and focus and attention on what's on your mind. But I want to give a special shout-out, Zach, to some of the new listeners uh, who made the jump into VIP subscriber status and really joined the tribe, a few of whom introduced themselves on the MHH Insiders Forum on the website. One guy, Arctic Bronco, shout-out, just pulled the trigger. He capitalized. On the 6-for-1 VIP sale we ran Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Welcome aboard. Here's what he says. Hello. I am from Homer, Alaska. I've been a fan of the Broncos since I turned on the TV back in the 80s and saw a young QB throwing like John Brody of the 49ers. Here's another one. Kiwi Bronco just jumped on. He says, I've been listening for about a year now. I'm from New Zealand and Mm -hmm. I'm a longtime Broncos fan have held off on the VIP thing as I wasn't sure it would work for foreigners but it's all good and I'm glad to be on board go broncos that's so awesome that's a that's a question that answers things because if you're there's a lot of fans i mean the nfl is becoming a global game right i mean you got people in south america people in europe people in russia people in in asia and obviously people from from down under like kiwi broncos so to all you guys that joined over this past week, you guys have no idea. I mean, we understand it's no small thing for a fan to whip out their wallet and subscribe and pay to support their their website of choice and their writers and their favorite analysts of choice. We understand that, you know, that's taken things to the next level and you guys have no idea how much we appreciate that and how much that supports us and fuels us to continue to bring you what we believe is the best Broncos coverage on the internet.
0: Yeah, the, the reach we have to reach these places and the support we get and the, and the VIP sign-ups and the questions and the, and the comments on Twitter, from the bottom of my heart, it, it's so humbling and it's so such a blessing. So I really appreciate it, guys. Thank
1: you so much for the support. So today we are going to dive into a VIP edition of the Mailbag. And we probably won't run too long in today's episode just because... Zach and I have been burning the midnight oil. We still have so much work to do and content to cover. And frankly, as much as we love doing podcasts, you know, it is it is time consuming in terms of the amount of time it would take us to sit down, record, edit, publish a podcast. Between the two of us, we could probably each write and publish five articles each. Like literally, that's probably what, what we could do. So I'm not saying that in any way to take away from the podcast because both of us look forward to and love doing podcasting. But when it's a high news moment and there's a lot of things going on, we just kind of have to juggle the balls in the air as they come. So this question, let's see here. Let me find it from to start off the VIP mailbag. First thing comes from, the first question comes from Vertical Socks going on 10 months as a VIP subscriber. Vertical Socks wants to know, quote, anything you pick up about other teams that are interested in Drew Locke would be much appreciated. Uh, in fairness, we're this is the first day or two. Um, we're going to be here all the way until I'm jumping on a plane Sunday night. So we're, we still have a ways to go. The quarterbacks are coming up uh, here in, a, in a, about a day and a half from when we're recording this podcast. So I'll have a lot more opportunity, both Zach and I, to keep our ear to the floor and see what we hear. Um, but basically, any, any team that's in the hunt for a quarterback this year has drew lock on their board that you can count on yeah especially in the
0: top 10 you look at uh the raiders who uh, mike mayock the new gm today he was a little non-committal on Derek carr he didn't really throw that much support he did touch on lock and haskins and murray he talked up the quarterbacks in the draft you look at the buccaneers the giants the jaguars those teams all need quarterbacks to some extent and they will all be in play for Drew Locke, as Chad said. So we have not heard anything as as to their specific suitor, but one thing we do know is that Locke is very high on John Elway's board.
1: Next question here slash comment comes from longtime listener to the show and longtime VIP subscriber, going on 17 months, Christy. Christy says, first, I am so happy my favorite pod duo is at the combine. Thank you, thank you indeed. Who are you both most excited to see?" Uh, also, it's really no secret that we need O-line help. Do you think the Broncos sign Turner and go for someone in the draft like Yadni Kajust, I think that's how you pronounce it, mm-hmm. or is it Isaiah Prince that could possibly play fairly soon? Thanks, guys. Hope you both have an amazing time. Well, it has been an amazing time so far, and we're really just getting started. Um, but to answer the first question, Zach, who were you most excited to see when you first got boots on the ground here? Uh, Elway and Fangio, how they're going to respond to the
0: media and up, update us on you know the quarterbacks and the free agency plans. Other than that, though, the prospects itself—you got to look at quarterbacks, got to look at cornerbacks, all these positions of need for Denver. Those two, to me, stand out. It's a very top-heavy class for both those—maybe not quarterback, but definitely cornerback—and the Broncos have needs at both those spots.
1: It's always fun too to you know meet up face to face and say hi or introduce yourself to other fellow reporters or writers on the Bronco beat, some of whom, like, there's a lot of writers and, for example, radio guys that I correspond with, whether it be email or Twitter DMs and stuff, that I never met in person, that, that you know, coming to the Combine and stuff, it gives you opportunity to say hi and not so much put faces to names, but, you know, actually make face-to-face introductions. So I always look forward to those. But I agree with Zach that the thing I, I really relished the most on my way to the Combine was the opportunity to talk to both John Elway and Vic Fangio, especially because Vic Fangio is still so new to the team and the fact that John Elway has, you know, you want to talk about balls in the air. I mean, this is a guy that is juggling a lot right now and he's under some extreme pressure. But that's just the way he likes it. I mean, that's that's what a quarterback relishes. I mean, they right. relish the, having the the pressure and the focus be on them. And he's a competitor's competitor. So you got to have faith that... Uh, you know he can turn the ship around and manage to to juggle these balls and haul them all in and put this team back where it needs to be. But other than that, I'm really looking forward, obviously, to talking to the quarterbacks yep. and hearing some of the buzz on what come out of the, what comes out of some of the interviews they have with teams. There's a few quarterbacks in particular that teams are very curious about to get on the whiteboard. In particular, Drew Locke has a lot to lose or gain by the whiteboard meetings. Uh, all of them, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins. I expect Dwayne Haskins to do to pay, pr- pretty much ace the wide board because yeah. he's probably the most cerebral quarterback in this class, but that's what I'm looking forward to. Now, what Christie says here about whether or not do you think the Broncos re Billy Turner and go for someone in the draft. What are your thoughts on that? If they re signed Billy Turner, it wouldn't be to start. It would be to have a veteran swing
0: guy, a versatile guy who can play all four spots. They still need the right tackle, though. So if they don't bring back Valdir, they will prioritize that in the draft to some extent. But if they bring him back on a short-term deal, uh, they won't make that a first, second, third-round priority. So it all comes down to how they want to attack it. They will keep Valdir's name on speed dial. If they can't find anyone else to upgrade, they'll probably bring him back. But don't rule out the Broncos
1: making a bigger splash to upgrade that spot. Here's one from Stud Lee going on two months, being a VIP sub. Will you do a broad overview of all the relevant to the Broncos type of players after the measurements? Will Kyler Murray agree to be measured? Are there any prospects the Broncos are interested in that could help or hurt themselves with their measurements? Yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot. We know that uh, Drew Locke, for example, allowed his hands to be measured at the Senior Bowl. <laughs> I'm sure he'll get measured again at the combine because you know the NFL guys are gonna to want to be able to do it themselves with perfect control and and uh in control the process and the environment. So absolutely I think Kyler Murray, if you really want to talk about what player in this in this draft has the most to, to gain or lose by his measurements, it's gonna be Kyler Murray. But that's an interesting way that Stud Lee phrased the question, will Kyler Murray agree to be measured? Because If he does come in at how some have theorized, he might even be like 5'9 and 170. Because remember, Oklahoma listed Kyler Murray at 5'10, 185. And I've had some people who are very knowledgeable and in tune with all the scouts around the league that say, nah, he's 185, like soaking wet and wearing four layers of clothes, (laughs) and try more like 5'9". So if he's a 5'9 quarterback... And I get it. He's very talented. He's got a huge arm, and he just won the Heisman. He's not going in the first round of 5-9. Mm-hmm. He just won't. It's a rock and a hard place for him
0: because he, he agreed to pursue football. He agreed to put baseball on the back burner, but he's also willing to risk himself as a guy who's way undersized for the position. And if he tests badly, it like Chad said, it plummets his draft value. So, um, yeah, that's one name to keep in mind in terms of testing. Another are the cornerbacks because in Vic Fangio's skin you have to have lanky, press aggressive corners. And if DeAndre Baker or Greedy Williams or Byron Murphy, if they measure small,
1: it could turn the Broncos off to them. Well, it's like on this same thread, CU Buff in Texas, who's been a VIP subscriber for going on 163 months, long time, had his own comment to that same question from Studley. He said, Byron Murphy, the corner from Washington, is really light. Heard him last week say that he's up to 180, up to 180, Mm. um, and played last year in the high 160s to mid-170s, and a couple of mocks have had him linked to Denver at 10, which I mean, he's a possibility there at 10. But I think the main two names at cornerback that are really in the conversation for top 10 are DeAndre Baker and Greedy Williams. And I only see the Broncos, if they were to take a corner at 10, I don't see them taking anyone other than DeAndre Baker, to be honest with you. like Because he's just literally, he's probably the best corner in the draft. There might be other corners with better upside. like Greedy Williams' upside might be higher than DeAndre Baker. But Baker is the most... Pro ready and in terms of like we heard Elway talk about on yesterday's podcast, the fact that you know we need a number two corner. We got number one, we need a number two. I mean, DeAndre Baker gives Denver the best chance to day one have a number two corner. His floor is a
0: lot higher than Greedy Williams. That's the thing. Yeah, that's that's probably the better way to put it. So you have to have a guy at a top ten pick, you have to have a day one starter. And that's one of the safer prospects in this entire draft class, DeAndre Baker. So I agree with Chad. If they go corner, I would go Baker over Williams. But these measurements, 5'9", 5'10", 5'11", those all make a huge difference in how teams can employ them in their defenses. So I am interested to see personally how those corners measure
1: out. All right, next question here slash comment comes again from Christy. And you know what? We'll answer every question because we know how excited everybody is. Christy asks, How does Elway feel about the decisions and the path that Fangio and company are going down so far? How much confidence does he have in the quarterback situation or this year's quarterback draft class? So the tail end of that question we addressed, as you know by now, Christy, pretty well on yesterday's show. There's a full article written by yours truly on the website that published Wednesday as well about Elway's comments regarding the 2019 class, in which he basically said that, look, yeah, people are excited about the 2020 class, and I get that. But we believe there are some really good players, meaning really good quarterbacks, in the 2019 class but he, the caveat is that the way he qualified that is that we're still going through the process.
0: Right. He's taking it one day at a time. And that's why I said if they don't take Drew Locke this year or whatever, they'll turn their attention to 2020. Um, but it, to me, it's just not the, the draft to go all around a quarterback. It's not the draft to get, be invested in. And right now, it's hard to tell what Elway's plans are. He can't even discuss his starter right now in Joe Flacco. NFL rules prohibit that. So we didn't glean too much other than the fact that it's a collaborative decision. All the coaches give their input. It's Elway's final say, and I firmly believe, based on the feeling I got, that Elway really, truly, strongly
1: believes they can compete with Joe Flacco. Yeah, and that's probably one place where you and I differ a little bit. Yeah. Not the Flacco thing. Well, maybe the Flacco thing a little too, bit, a little bit. But the idea that there isn't a quarterback worth really going after uh, high in, in, this, in this draft. Because sometimes when you're a team like the Broncos in so badly in need of a franchise quarterback... You have to be careful not to reach, right? Like you have to be careful not to, you know, put make things see things that aren't really there. And I think with Drew Locke, what it comes down to is, you know, you've you've watched him play that that game in the rain against Arkansas, which he had a huge game with those small nine-inch hands Mm -hmm. in the rain, right? And then you saw him basically just, I wouldn't quite say dominate the Senior Bowl because it's not like he was hugely prolific in the game itself but he had a huge week senior bowl week and then backed it up with a solid performance really helped his draft stock everyone came out of senior bowl week basically saying Drew Locke's a first rounder right now if he comes to the combine and does well in the drills throwing uh, continues to you know check the boxes from a measurements perspective and then does well in, in the interviews and on the whiteboard and you can see him as a bona fide first round quarterback to me, the Broncos have to try and get that guy. I think that they're kind of at a at a crossroads where if you roll the dice one more year, kick the can down the road, whatever verbiage you want to use, and put all your chips in 2019 on Joe Flacco, I just don't think it's a recipe for success. And I worry, I'm not saying it would happen, but I worry what that would do to Elway stock because, mm. I mean— we talked about it many times. When he stood up there on Black Monday just hours after firing Vance Joseph, dude was, dude was. I wouldn't say wrecked, but, you know, he was... Humbled. Definitely humbled, and he was emotional. You could hear the voice kind of cracking. Yeah. Not like he was weeping or anything, but like where tensions were running high. He was shook. That's mm-hmm. a good way to put yeah. it. He was shook. And so he's feeling it, dude. And, and Elway, as we've already talked about on today's pod... You know, this isn't a guy who wilts under the pressure. So if he's actually – if you're seeing symptoms of pressure in, coming out in him, that means you know the pressure's real right. is what I'm getting at. I don't know that he survives with Joe Ellis having so much scrutiny on him with the ownership the Broncos go another year not winning. Or or God forbid, you know, it's a terrible season, like going 4-12 and 12 with Joe Flacco or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure John Elway could weather that all the way to 2021. So – that's why we go back to that same old trope we've been talking about, Zach. And I'm a much, probably much bigger believer in than you at this point, is that two years in a row with your biggest need as a as a roster being franchise quarterback or young quarterback with franchise upside. That's been your biggest need, and you go into two consecutive drafts with top ten picks and you don't swing on one, and and then you go on to continue to lose. I mean, those are how guys get fired. That's how GMs lose their seat. I think we see more eye, eye to eye than you think. I mean, here's my thing there's a quarterback in this draft worth
0: taking at 10, and there's maybe a franchise quarterback, to me, there's no quarterback worth selling the farm for, or more than the future for. Right. And that's where I stand. And I agree with you. Elway has to have that insurance policy on the roster, and by insurance policy, I mean a young, potential franchise quarterback. As long as he has the guy on the roster, it'll buy him some more time. But if he passes up another top 10 pick, and doesn't go for a quarterback, and has just Joe Flacco, and Garrett Grayson on the roster, and Goff, but the Broncos miss the playoffs again, he is really, really going to be on the hot seat, and, and I don't know if he can
1: weather it like Chad said, another year in a row Alright, here comes one from Noonsom 37 going on 16 months as a VIP subscriber The top players seem to be Bosa, Allen, and Williams. If they all go early that's Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, and Quinton Williams. If they all go early and there's a run on quarterbacks and Denver doesn't get involved in that run who do you think would fall to Denver? So Bosa, Allen, Williams, they're off the board. And let's just say Haskins, Locker off the board. Who's probably the number one blue chipper that falls? To me, I see Devin White. I was just going to say Devin White or maybe DeAndre Baker. One of those guys I think we're in agreement. Good question, though. You know what, guys? we still got a few more to get to today. uh, But before we do, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: (laughs) All right, next question here comes from Real K. Smith. Uh, He says, glad you guys made it. Thank you. Hope you're having a great time. After today's pressers, what do you guys gather about the direction of the quarterback position for 2019? Elway said that he would like Case to stay. Again, we get into this weird convoluted yeah. stuff Elway said about Case Keenum. It was weird. But why would he? Why would we overpay two mediocre quarterbacks, real Case Smith says. Does two Band-Aids cover up a bullet <laughs> hole? Uh, watching his press conference, he seemed like he was full of you-know-what to me. Is he just blowing smoke in regards to different things, or do you think he really wants to have Flacco and Keenum going to 2019? No. He has absolutely no zero yep. intention. He's putting on a front for a couple of reasons. Here's my take, Zach. We might have already talked about this on on yesterday's podcast, but I think there's a couple factors going in here. One, he's trying to be re- honestly and, and genuinely respectful to Case Keenum. Agreed. Because he, even though Keenum came up short, Keenum did put some blood, sweat, and tears into the team last year, and he's just not he just wasn't cut out for it, and it, through no fault of his own on the coaching side, he wasn't given the best opportunity to succeed, and really, it's just kind of, as much of his own shortcomings, he's also dealing with some just bad luck in terms of the Stars misaligning yeah. for him in terms of Vance Joseph going out, it being three years in a row without the playoffs, and Elway feeling the pressure. Got to make a change. Got to do something big. So... I think Elway's genuinely respectful of what Keenum, uh, his contribution, the leadership he brought, even though it wasn't enough, let's face it. And Elway called him after the Flacco trade. So there's a degree yeah. of respect there. Before it hit the wire. So we know, yeah, there's respect. So there's that, A. B, he's still trying to, to build or maintain or inflate his trade value. the Period, end yep. of story.
0: Yeah, it, that's, you nailed it. I mean, that's it's it's BS. It's a smokescreen. He is full of you-know-what. He is trying to maintain some sort of leverage and trade value. They are not going to have both QBs on the roster. I will promise my life on this right now at their current rates. The only way both stay on the roster is if Kim takes a massive, massive pay cut. And like Chad said before, he has no incentive to do so. He doesn't have a lot of leverage. But the leverage he does have will ensure that he'll play for more than what the Broncos want him for in 2019. But Flacco's going to be the starter. They're probably going to cut Keenum if they can't trade him. It was all Elway today posturing and manipulating the media and trying to maintain Keenum's trade value.
1: Here's one from Queer Tannen. It says going on one month. Now, you could be one of the new VIP subscribers um, because I, I don't recognize you. So if you are one of the new VIPs, welcome aboard but if you signed up today it would show going on one month. So if you're you're obviously still new irregardless but if you're amongst those who joined on this week's six for one VIP sale, welcome aboard. But Queer uh, Tannen says, here's what I'm trying to figure out. Denver drastically needs a young quarterback to develop as you guys have discussed several times on here and the podcast. And you guys have also said how hard it can be to sell the farm to get your your QB. Well, Based off of Elway's comments, he seems to be intrigued by next year's class. Mm -hmm. I think what he said is, Clearly Denver should be better this year, especially with a competent coach. Thanks for nothing, (laughs) VJ. So I assume that Denver will have a pick that's not in the top 10 next year. So the plan is to just, as you guys have also said, kick the can down the road for another year, just to sell the farm to move up even more to get a future young quarterback next year which is wild because trading up next year will probably cost Denver a lot more. Thoughts? Well, that's a fair point because while there's, it's certainly not a safe bet that the Broncos, uh, I wouldn't bet money that the Broncos aren't in the top 10. Uh, I don't know. They probably aren't going to be in the top 10. Right outside. Yeah, probably right outside. That's where they're going to be. They're probably hovering wherever 8-8 eight and eight gets you. Right. That's probably where the Broncos will be. But you're right. Your point is is right on the money that you're, people are freaking out about the idea of moving up selling the farm to go get a Lock or a Haskins or a Kyler Murray. We know Kyler Murray's basically off the board unless that was the smoke screen okay, yeah, that the mother of all smoke screens. But if you're going from 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, whatever, trying to get up into the top 3 next year for one of those quarterbacks who have all this hype going behind him talk about a farm i mean you might have to buy the farm let alone sell the farm you have to
0: be old mcdonald to do that that's right but the thing to me is you talk about kicking the can down the road is if he's, if he's okay with doing it now what's not to say he's okay with surrendering 2021 20, draft picks he's not thinking that far ahead he's thinking in the year-to-year time frame and i think he's it's a win-win for him they either get by with joe flacco or they don't and they can draft the quarterback next year and with a better class to me it's plausible deniability he's setting himself up where he's Pretty much the good guy regardless. He could say, listen, I tried to upgrade this year. We got Joe Flacco. We're still on the hunt at number 10 until April anyway. And the next year, if it doesn't work out, we'll get to it. We'll get from. We'll get someone else. So um, to me, he has no problem kicking the can, no problem mortgaging the future. And that's why he could wait till 2020 because
1: what's another year? What's right. 2021? Right. So I don't know. I still just think that you got to strike while the, co- the iron's hot. Agreed. You gotta make hay while the sun's shining, just like Zach and I have been doing while we're here at the combine. <laughs> and if you're sitting at top with the top ten pick, albeit ten itself, and you're within striking distance of a quarterback pick, and you have a massive need at the position, I just don't understand why you would pass on that, unless you just don't believe one of those quarterbacks is it. And if that's the case, fine. Like, if you're not seeing it. You're not seeing it. Or you believe Flacco is going to be
0: this 28-year-old Flacco. But again, he's 34. Not, not 34-year-old coming off a hip injury who's a statue. So,
1: right. Well, big thanks to everybody for the VIP questions. We'll take one Twitter question, and then we're out of here. And it still uh, deals with Joe Flacco from Broncos Burner on Twitter. Some clarification here, Zach, from Broncos Burner. The Broncos still could have gotten Flacco without the trade, right? I really doubt they would have kept him on the roster for long. Uh, supposedly, the Ravens were talking another team. I think the
0: Redskins yeah, about, about Flacco.
1: There were other s- interested suitors.
0: Yeah, so they would have traded him anyway. They weren't going to cut him. And the Broncos, you know, got a starting quarterback for a fourth round pick. The Ravens moved the guy they were probably going to
1: get rid of anyway. So it worked out for both sides. The thing you got to remember is five years ago, a you know, the, to to a Broncos fan or even most fans in the NFL. Five years ago, like when Peyton Manning signed. Well, it's longer than that now. Back in 2012, when Peyton signed. He signed a deal that basically was paying him 18, 19, 20 million range somewhere in there a year. Which is nothing nowadays. Back then that was like going from Tim Tebow and, you know, Kyle Orton and then before that Jay Cutler. The idea of paying a quarterback that much money, I mean, there were some Broncos fans literally having heart attacks over that. It's (laughs) like, hey, it's Peyton Manning. Everything's going to be all right. Well, fast forward to now, the money, if you look at Joe Flacco's contract for a serviceable, at at least, starting quarterback in the NFL – it's actually a quite favorable contract because yeah. at the end of each season, the Broncos can get out of it. They can cut him without any negative impact money, on, the, yeah. on the cap. So that's why, that's not the only reason why, but that's one of the reasons why the Broncos had to make a trade to get him because of that contract and Joe Flacco's resume and, and the regard that some coaches have for him around the league. There was demand for his services. So if the Broncos would have said, as you, postulate here Broncos burner why trade something we know they're not going to keep them, so they're going to eventually have to cut them. they would have risked losing him to some other team who said okay well we'll give you you know, a third round or a fifth round or whatever it might have been if Broncos backed out. It's the same reason they got rid of Tlaib before they got rid of They want right. to just get some value for a guy they're probably
0: going to release anyway. And Chad and I talked about this. We were watching the Eagles press conference today. We talked about uh, Nick Foles. I, mean, I made a point that said if the Broncos wanted a veteran quarterback, they could have just signed Nick Foles for nearly the same salary as Flacco and not had to give up a draft pick. But that's another story. Um, the Broncos did make the right move and the Ravens made the right move. It was a rare occasion where both sides want
1: to trade. Yeah. But hey, you guys, uh, great week of podcasting. It's been a phenomenal week for Zach and I. Thanks for all your your good wishes on our flights and our travels. Appreciate your, you guys. And your support. Uh, we'll be back again. We'll probably drop another podcast. Again, making hay while the sun's shining, baby. We'll see what time does for us. But Zach and I plan on dropping at least one more podcast uh, while we're at the Combine. And then, of course, next week we'll have a million things to talk about. So Stick with us. In the meantime, follow the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Find Zach on Twitter at Kelberman247. Myself at Chad and Jensen. And uh, make sure you're staying right on top of the website because content's going to be coming hot and heavy all through the week and weekend. Oh, and for new VIP subscribers, what I was going to say is make sure you're hitting the MHH Insiders VIP Forum. That's where we're going to be sharing a lot of stuff. That's where all the main discussion is taking place within the community. So bookmark that page. Just log in. You're good to go. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.